Who are the best NFL players under the age of 25 heading into the 2022 season? That is what we will get into on today's Peacock and Williamson coming at you right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you, as usual, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. Get your questions in for this week's Twitter Tuesday. Uh, we were not able to do a couple episodes at the end of last week because I was out. I was moving. As you can tell, I'm in a new place. We are moved. I'm not quite settled <laughs> yet, but um, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're, we're getting there with the new studio and the move. So my family is officially moved, Matt, and we're able to do the show. Apologies to those folks that were missing a couple shows at the end of last week. Yeah, it, not a big deal. It's a good time of year to do it. I don't envy you for moving, especially with a, a young kid, too. That complicates things. I'm sure somebody's got to watch him and all that stuff. But happy Memorial Day to all. Please remember what that's all about. And this is going to be a fun show. I, I'm kind of excited to dig in and to pull back the curtain, too. I've been spending three days a week at Steeler Minicamp, too. So my schedule is not the norm either lately. So there's a lot of balls in the air right now. A lot of balls in the air, some some odd timing with our podcast, but we are getting back to our daily shows here. It was only a, three episodes last week, but we're going to come back with five more this Heck week, yeah. even with the holidays. So enjoy the Memorial Day, everybody, and those celebrations. I believe Matt is heading out to the pool with some beers at some point later, which is exactly <laughs> what he should be doing. Uh, I do want to remind everybody that uh, this episode is brought to you by Bet 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 Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. And thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt, we are talking the best players in the NFL under the age of 25 going into 2022. And it's pretty amazing some of the production from some of these guys already before they hit the age uh, 25. And some players just missed the cut. And we're going through the list that was put together by Pro Football Focus on this subject, and we'll critique the list a little bit, maybe some players that just missed as well. Yeah, and kind of, this, kind of like you said, we we're stealing this from Pro Football Focus. Their criteria wasn't who are you picking going forward with positional value. It's just who's been the best so far. And I, I went and I added some names we'll get to at the end, and, and we're not going to fight Pro Football Focus. You have this guy ninth. He should be 11th. But it's a good idea, you know, barometer of, who the young talent are in the league. And a couple notes on this. I guess their cutoff date is you have to be 25 or younger on opening day of this upcoming year. That makes perfect sense. And a lot, more than most years, a lot of really good names that qualified a year ago aren't there now. Like you're not going to hear Joe Burrow. Amazingly, Lamar Jackson was on the list last year. A.J. Brown. And, and BP, you and I had a good conversation as we were prepping for the show here that this will be really interesting a couple of years from now because a whole wealth of young men entered the league not so young, you know, six-year seniors, super seniors. And, of course, we had the underclassmen too, the Stingleys of the world and guys like that. So there may be a gap in this conversation year to year because all of a sudden this rookie class is older than most. Right. There was a couple of really young prospects in 2021, Trey Lance, 
Penesul. They were the, the first Chase. ever yeah. players. Yeah, Jace. They were the first ever players that were born in the in the year 2000, which is which was crazy at the time and still seems kind of insane. So they'll have an opportunity to develop for a while and be on this list going forward. Someone like Jamar Chase could be on it for a while, right? And if Sewell and and uh and Trey Lance and some of the other young quarterbacks progress as we think they will in year two, they will show up on these lists, but they haven't put up the body of work yet. And they might have a chance to be on the list for a long time with some of the older prospects that came in in the 2022 class. But let's get started at the top with and a little bit surprising. I was shocked, even though Me he's too. been a great player for the team that I've covered. The number one player on this list is 49ers edge rusher Nick Bosa. 47 tackles, nine sacks, a forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, and an interception in 16 games in his rookie season. And then he missed an entire season uh, – Aside from uh, one game, and he injured his ACL in week two in 2020, then came back and was the same guy again with a 90 pass rush grade, according to PFF, and 15 and a half sacks in 2021. So he's actually even missing a year of production and is still number one on this list. Amazing, amazing. And I really think he's a special, special player and maybe even underrated, probably not in your circles, but I mean, like, don't tell Steeler fans, but I might trade. I might trade T.J. Watt straight up for Nick Bosa. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like, I mean, there's he's at the very top of the list, in my opinion, in edge rushers. I think I'd put Miles Garrett ahead of him, and that might be it. And I can't fight it. I mean, again, this isn't a draft where you take a quarterback above him. And frankly, there's not a lot of good young twenty-five and under quarterbacks. But Bosa, to me, is a total superstar. And I'm not sure the world quite recognizes how good he is. He's actually just a little bit more twitched up than his brother. Yes. And and I wasn't sure coming out of the draft. And I I talked to some, you know, I did my own scouting on Bosa. And I knew there was a very good chance. It was almost slam dunk that Bosa was going to be a pick for the 49ers that year in 2019 because Kyler Murray was going to go number Mm -hmm. one to the Cardinals once that was, you know, decided. And even that People were unsure. A lot of folks thought Bosa should go one because they had just drafted Josh Rosen, number one. But it was the comparison of like, okay, is he better? His brother is bigger. And it was like his workout numbers are good, but is he going to be even as good as his brother? And I think there's just a little bit of extra twitch there, a little bit of extra explosion that his brother doesn't have. His brother's bigger at 6'5", but Mm -hmm. Nick Bosa, it's crazy how good he was day one technique-wise. He was just a difference-making edge rusher with technique, his explosiveness, his motor. He has everything you want. If he can stay healthy, he's going to have uh, just a, a heck of a career. There's there's very few guys I think I would take over him at that position going forward. No doubt. And this is one of my favorite things, to just, you know, just to tell all of us pedestrians out there, all of us civilians that can't do these type of things or even dream of these type of athletic things. And, and feel free to use this with your Niner crowd, but his stance – is so awesome to me. Like, go, you know, just YouTube Nick Bosa or whatever and just look at him in his stance. And now all you listeners, try to get your body in that position. Best of <laughs> luck, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and how strong he is and explosive. Right, and, right. And like that flat back. It's really hard right, to, to point, be yeah. that big and you know, 0% body fat. So, you know, there's there's a lot going on there uh, with, with Nick Bosa. Number two on the list is, and look, let me put it to you this way. Justin Herbert comes in number two, Los Angeles Chargers quarterback. He threw for 5,000 yards last year and 38 touchdowns. That alone, I think, would probably have a lot of people look at this list and say, look, I don't care what anybody else did any other seasons. Give me that guy. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if we're having a draft, with all respect to Bosa, Herbert's the first pick. Frankly, 
I think he's in the conversation for if we don't have any age limits, if we're just picking players from here on out, Herbert or Mahomes, Herbert or Allen. I mean, I think he's to that level already. Um, soon, though, he's going to face the criticism of you got to take this team to the playoffs. You got to start right. winning playoff games. You know, like that's the next hurdle for him. But boy, I would be investing very heavily in Herbert. And the development path, I, I talk about this all the time, and it's especially true with quarterbacks. Development paths in the NFL aren't linear, so there's going to yeah. be ups and downs. And we even saw that last year with Mahomes. You know, statistically, that wasn't Mahomes' best season. And, and there were some things that clearly you come away from the season thinking, oh, man, okay, Mahomes, he's not Superman, and, and he was beatable. And he, he was spinning around like a like he didn't know what the heck was going on in his last playoff game there, you know, against Cincinnati. So, um there's a lot of ways he could still go for Justin Herbert, but yeah, it's looking like he's going to step right into that group with, with Allen and Mahomes and just scariness in the AFC. No doubt. Yeah. I have a lot of faith in Herbert. And this is the first indicator that, you know, this isn't like, okay, I would draft these guys in this order. That's not what this list is all about. Otherwise exactly. it'd be Herbert clearly number one and Jonathan Taylor who shows up number three, wouldn't be up there for me just because he's a running back. Right. And there's some other higher um, impact positions below him on this list and some very good players, but what Jonathan Taylor is doing right now. And it, he's, is he just like the no doubt 1.1 in fantasy leagues? I think so. I, I was about to ask you that same thing. I mean, McCaffrey has a case. Henry has a case, but I think those cases are flimsy compared to Taylor, especially with Ryan behind center. Now, I think the offense will stay on course a little bit more. He throws the backs a ton, which is also good from Naheem Hines, but I wanted to bring that up because I saw some upside as a receiver for Taylor and he's never going to be McCaffrey, but he was really good in that facet. I mean, he's just naturally talented. I think he's the best back in the league already. He's 1.1 for me, for sure, yeah, with, yeah, with what yeah. he's done at his age. And he doesn't have the tread on his tires. And he led the NFL last year in scrimmage yards, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns. He had 18 rushing touchdowns last year. He's only 22 years old. Man, 22 years I old, mean, he's right. going to be on this list for a while if he stays healthy. And healthy is the big thing. So that's why, you know, over McCaffrey, over Henry, and we're starting to see how that, that, that goes quickly. I get worried about Henry. And we talked about it. I was like, man, this guy's a cyborg. Is he just never going to get hurt and you're going to ride him? And all of a sudden you start to see it. Like, well – is that the beginning of the end now for Henry? Sure. You know, so um, for the next couple of years, and maybe he'll even be off the list before he's 25 because of how it goes with running backs. And look, he re- he uh, he had 2,000 yard seasons multiple times in college, too, even though he's really young. Uh, three times, in fact, he had 2,000 yards yeah. rushing at Wisconsin. So a lot, that tread on running back tires adds up quickly. But man, last year at only 22 years old, um, and it, it's the youth for me. So that's why Jonathan Taylor. Uh, is here and I would put him no matter what age I'd put him over all the other running backs in the league right now 100% I mean just as you mentioned no matter what level he's at productive 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 you know he can beat you inside the tackles he can take it to the house I mean he can catch a ball I mean he, he really has it all we will go a little quicker through the rest of this list the best players 25 and under in the NFL Coming up, I want to let the folks out there know about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs. NFL futures, of course, they've got them. They've got a ton of futures, more and more going up all the time at Bet Online. Not only can you bet on, you know, who's next next year's Super Bowl champion going to be, or MVP, Coach of the Year, Offensive, Defensive, Rookies of the Year, but individual statistics as well, stats, uh, sacks for some players. 
passing yards for Herbert, right? Sacks for Bosa, rushing yards for Jonathan Taylor. You can bet on all of those things at Bet Online. And of course, NBA playoffs, the finals are coming up now with the Celtics and Warriors, Major League Baseball, fights, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. And you can get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Under 25, Matt. One, two, three is Bosa Herbert Taylor. Coming in at number four is Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs, who just immediately upon starting his rookie year, and maybe his quarterback helps a little bit there, having a Hall of Famer that gets the ball out quick. But, I mean, he's just been uh, the dude ever since he he showed up on an NFL field. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned, I mean, like him and the Bucs, benefited greatly from that selection you know he was exactly what they needed at right tackle he goes into a perfect situation with Tom Brady taking over at Tampa they win the Super Bowl this is easy and he makes it look easy and just a scouting note on Worfs he has an extensive wrestling and track and field background which is exactly the sports you want your your offensive lineman to play tough smart um, dedicated, those are always wrestlers, in shape, leverage. But track and field, I mean, he's not running hurdles at 320 pounds. I mean, he's throwing a shot or a discus, things like that. Big, powerful, explosive athletes, and that's exactly what Tristan Works is. And uh, as we saw from his pre-draft videos, he could jump out of a pool. <laughs> right, which, it's awesome. Which you think that sounds easy? Go try that. Yeah, see what your shins look like when you're done with that. <laughs> God, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's crazy what he was doing there. And it's another lesson, too, because he was picked apart pre-draft, right? It was like, okay, why is he a right tackle instead of a left tackle? Is he going right, to play right. guard in the NFL? And he's a specimen. And he has all this ability. And it's like, yeah, just draft. Uh, if he's going to work and he's smart and he's got all that ability, draft those guys. Yeah, 100%. And he's been phenomenal. Coming in at number five, an absurd start to his career is Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Uh, he had an awesome rookie season, 1,400 receiving yards. And it's weird because it felt like his rookie season was better just because of how he burst onto the scene. And he had like a, a really quiet, ho-hum, 1,600-yard, 10-touchdown right, season right. last year. I mean, over 3,000 yards in two years. And as good of a start to a career as any receiver in history, including like Randy Moss. And I think you need to make the argument he should be higher just because <clears> – <throat> and I think this is going to change with the new coaching staff – they were not a pass-happy team. You know, they were a run-first team, and he's still putting up 3,000 yards in two years as a rookie and a second-year guy. So I really think the best is yet to come production-wise. Absolutely. Uh, it's pretty amazing what he's doing. Micah Parsons, linebacker from the Dallas Cowboys, but it's his edge production I, I even boosts this up even more. Uh ridiculous he had a 93 pass rush grade according to pro football focus as a rookie but he was good off the ball as well it was pretty insane to see what Micah Parsons was able to do and again same lesson as Tristan Wirfs and he was drafted in sort of that that same spot middle of the first round and and he got picked apart a little bit as a prospect but man the the physical ability he has is absurd it's absurd and 
it, it, the next guy qualifies here too to pull back the curse, and that's going to be Jamar Chase. You know, some of these guys you know didn't even play their senior year because of COVID. They opted out, so maybe that contributed to Parsons falling to the middle of the first round. I know he's great off the ball and he can do so many things, but I would be really tempted. It doesn't look like they're going to do this after drafting Sam Williams. I think I'd make turn him into Von Miller. I mean, I really think that's his best attribute and that's the best thing you can bring to a defense. I'd make him a full-time edge rusher. I think I would too. And there is value in moving him around. So the offense doesn't know where he's going to be, but the most valuable thing he can do is rush the passer. So, you know, maybe you confuse teams and you have them line up as an edge guy and you drop him back sometimes, but I'd rather have him going forward the drop him back any day, even though no he's doubt. got the ability to do both. So, um, yeah, we'll see how his continued, his career continues to go, but more value as an edge rusher as an off ball backer, just because of the position. And you mentioned Jamar chase, uh, very much like with, uh, like, uh, with, Jefferson the, uh, Jefferson the year before. Yeah. yeah, he just jumped onto the scene and it was ridiculous how good he was. And it, it was a little slower burn than it was for Jefferson. But then, you know, with that playoff run, you just saw how good he was. Um, it, it was pretty awesome to see what Jamar Chase was able to do. And there's a lot more he can work on because he wasn't even as well, well-rounded as Jefferson coming into the year. And you mentioned not having the, the season before probably played a role in that and his slower start. But uh, Jamar Chase is is stupidly talented. Yeah, I say he might be the most talented wide receiver in all of football. I mean, and he is still a little bit of work in progress. And he only has one year to go off of. So if you're going to do a list like this, you probably have to have a little prejudice against the guys coming off of their rookie season just because they don't have as much of a body of work. But, I mean, it takes about four seconds of watching his tape to go, oh, he's special. I mean, he's a great, great player. <laughs> Talk about body of work. Jeffrey Simmons comes in number eight, Tennessee Titans defensive tackle. And uh, it's hard for me to believe that he was still this young because yeah, right. uh, And he missed most of his rookie season and he's been like this. It's funny because the Titans keep going back and trying to do it. And we'll see if that works again with drafting some other injured players and it hasn't worked quite as well, but man, Jeffrey Simmons has been a monster for that defense. I feel like he's been in the league six years already. Yeah. Good point. And I would put him right on the heels of like Chris Jones and Cam Hayward, DeForest Buckner as like the defense interior D linemen that aren't named Aaron Donald that are best in the league. And I think he'll probably go past all those guys this year. I mean, he's just a little stronger, more physical than that group. You know I mean? He can go through you. He can hold the point. I mean, he has old school D tackle traits too. AJ Terrell. Atlanta Falcons corner comes in at number nine. And it's really funny because he comes in higher than a lot of guys that were, uh, that were drafted in that class ahead of them. And remember when the Falcons made AJ Terrell, the pick, it was like, Oh man, it feels like they forced that pick and maybe, you know, CD lamb, or there were some better players on the board that they could have drafted. Uh, but Nope, it turns out they nailed that one. And the Falcons at least have a couple of, uh, and I think we might see another Falcon on this list. They got at least a couple of foundational pieces there, even though that roster is in pretty bad shape. Yeah. People need to know how good he is. I mean, being where he's at, it's easy to overlook him. Even near the end of the year, teams weren't even throwing his direction because there were so many other, you know, favorable matchups. I mean, him being on such a bad team, being a corner, I mean, he doesn't have to do as much, but boy, he's really, really good. And you're right. I mean, I thought that draft class, there were 16 guys, and then you draw a line. Atlanta picked 16. Lamb was the last one in my 16 out there, and they took Terrell, and I was critical of him. I was wrong, which isn't a knock on Lamb, but he's one of the best young corners in the league. And it turns out they probably couldn't have 
screwed that up because the, their receiver right, room right. looked pretty stacked and now it doesn't. And so Lamb would have worked out just fine for him, which is another lesson. Draft the best players because if you're drafting for your current roster, things change so fast in the NFL in two years. Your uh, every position group is going to look just so different on your roster. Here's one that I think I might put a little bit higher. DK Metcalf coming in at number 10. Did you know DK Metcalf's 29 touchdowns over the last three years is the fifth most in the entire league? This guy came in and was was dominant from from day one. And man, uh, he's just a beast and, and got to be one of the scarier players, I think, for defensive backs to have to cover one on one just because of how big and fast he is. Right. I mean, if you're a corner lining up against him, it's like, oh, my Lord, this would be a long day. Um, there's some rumors. It's not official yet that he is very close to signing a extension with the Seattle. I think that would be smart by the Seahawks. I mean, the trade rumors are probably, you know, a, not the right move. And maybe there'll be a ripple effect with McLaurin and Debo and some of these other guys who say um, I'm with you, though. I mean. Sometimes our scouts are just overthinkers and, you know, sometimes it's as easy as if we're out on the playground picking up teams, who do we want? I want DK Metcalf. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know there was the bad three cone time at the combine or whatever, right. and there was a neck injury as well. So if whatever, if you're, if your medical staff red flagged him and you thought, oh, this guy can't have a career because of a neck injury, then I understand it. But I think obviously – a lot of scouts overthought this one. A lot of GMs overthought this yeah. one. And I think in a lot of ways they looked at him and say, this can't be possible. You can't be 6'4", 230 and run like that. There's got to be something else here, like fool's gold to it, right? And so um, I think a lot of GMs are like, oh, well, we missed that one. Because, yeah, just go draft the guy who's 6'4", 230 and, and can run four threes. I mean, it sounds kind of foolish now, but I mean, you hear people, and I probably said this too, he's just really big and really fast. Well, that's a good start. Right. Only run three routes. It's like they're and run three routes. College college coaches only call three routes these days. Like that's all <laughs> right, that right, any right, receiver right. ever runs in college, the, the way things are. So that, that's just we got to get used to that. Every every wide receiver is going to come into the league like, well, he needs to work on his route running. Yeah, he absolutely. They, they all will. Next, we'll get to 11 through 25. And I think there's a clear delineation for me between 10 and 11. You know, there, okay. I think there was a clear top 10. We'll see if you agree with that next and uh, that 11th player is Rashawn Gary who started slow and came on really strong last year and again they drafted traits in Green Bay and Rashawn Gary and uh, there was a lot more questions even with him but he's sort of the the defensive end version of what Tristan Wirfs was and it took him a little bit longer to get there but it's looking like they got a monster now on the defensive line in Green Bay I don't know if everyone realized how what a step forward he took last year and I was kind of wrong on him, too. I mean, you watch the Michigan tape. He didn't do that much. You know, I mean, unbelievably talented. He was the number one recruit in the country. And I think people are about to see what a force he can become because I didn't understand the selection when they made it because his college production is really bad, almost like a, a Jason Oway type and a Dafe Oway type, you know. So we got four of these next five are edge guys, all of whom have a bright future, but none of them to me are quite that Nick Bosa level. But Gary's every bit as talented. Number 12 is Max Crosby. Number 13 is Chase Young. And Chase Young, I don't know if he's done enough to necessarily be on this list. You can yeah. project out what he's going to be, but he's not produced like the other edge rushers on this list yet. I think all of us a year ago would have said, boy, Chase Young might be first or second on this list at this time. And this past year was disappointing slash injured. Um, I still think he's a rare talent, but he needs to get back to that Nick Bosa level, which is possible. 
Max Crosby's and a really good player too. Max Crosby's just been really good. Yeah, He's yeah, got yeah. all that length and flexibility, and you know, really just all the above. His, Great his, athlete, right? Yeah, yeah, his his draft slot just you know outproduced that very quickly. So really nice player there in Max Crosby, and he just ranks with the top guys in the league in his pass rush production every year, and probably because of his draft draft slot doesn't get the recognition. So I like seeing him, him uh, this high on this list. Hundred percent. Another pass rusher, we're going to skip one and go to 15 because here's another pass rusher in Brian Burns, and I still think his best football is ahead of him. But, man, the explosiveness and the flexibility, the flexibility. with his length, and I know he was a little undersized coming into the league, so maybe didn't fit every scheme, but I love me some Brian Burns. Me too. I think he's a total star, um, only getting better, unbelievable traits, match with production already. So, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, if you're asking me Burns or Crosby, that's a tough one, you know. The one we skipped over was Chargers offensive tackle Rashawn Slater, who was just a nice pick oh, for man. the Chargers last year. And he's only had one season of production, but it was really high level production for Slater. It just came in. And, and when you have a young quarterback and you can bring in someone who could just be that rock solid for you at left tackle, that's pretty important and pretty impactful. He's great. And it's funny because I'm not saying they should have gone ahead of Penny Sewell, who I'm sure we'll bring up too. Sewell's a little more talented, a little more prototypical. But it's funny, like Chase Young, you know, you'd read his scouting reports or watch him coming out of Ohio State. Dominated every tackle he played, except when they played Northwestern. And Slater, you know, had got the better of Young and really never lost many battles his entire college career. But he's not 6'6". Maybe we shouldn't take him in the top five or eight. You're bonkers. I mean, uh, this guy's going to go to multiple Pro Bowls at left tackle, assuming he stays healthy. How about this one? This was one of the strangest, I think, we've ever seen in the draft process because I'd never thought about it in my life until Creed Humphrey shows up and it's like, can you have a left-handed center? (laughs) Right, right. And it's like, well, it's never happened. Of course you can have a left-handed center. Why are there no left-handed catchers in baseball either? It makes no sense. When I grew up, you couldn't find a left-handed catcher's mitt. Like my dad always tells us, right, right, right. My dad's lefty. And he's like, I always want to be a catcher. So he's a short, stumpy, fat guy. that's kind of tough and could handle. He's like, well, we didn't, I mean, in the fifties and sixties, there were no left-handed catchers in it. So I was out of luck. Um, Humphrey's really good too. You know, foundation player, uh, steal in the second round. I mean, it was a good center draft. They got the best one. And there's an argument that he's already the best center in the league. That's what I was going to say. He might be already the best center in the league. That's crazy. And, And legitimately, he probably would have been a first round player if he didn't snap left-handed and he was like look i'll learn to snap right-handed if you want me to and patrick mahomes was like no what does it matter to me snap why left-handed. do i care put right. the ball in my hands you know <laughs> right who knows maybe we'll find there's an advantage to snapping left-handed because like if you're coming in lefty and i'm righty maybe that helps a little bit i don't know who knows i don't know i mean i'm thinking like nose tackles that line up to them are usually attacking your snapping hand and maybe their their moves are mm. set up to attack the opponent's right shoulder as opposed to left shoulder. You know, maybe it does work for you. It's kind of like the the Belichick lefty punter move, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> as have the ball spin another – that's actually more impactful than a left-handed center. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. Number 17 is C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. Just been rock solid, not necessarily oh, man, yeah. superstar level for him after two years, but he could see that superstar level just with usage now that Amari Cooper's gone. Right, and Gallup's a little banged up, and um, Tolbertson, who knows when he's ready. This is sets up unbelievably well for Lamb as a breakout candidate, and I think he will. 
Antoine Winfield Jr. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers comes in and uh, wow, what a draft class. That was the yeah, same really. class, right? With Worfs and then right. following it back up with Winfield, two Pro Bowl caliber players in one draft. That's a, that's an A-plus draft when we go back and, and regrade some of those old classes. Yeah, I think he was the defensive runner-up rookie of the year behind Chase Young as a rookie. Um, and he was second-round pick that can do everything. One of the great young safeties in the league can also play the slot, blitz, you know, tough, just like his dad. Uh, you got to love him, yeah. Wait, was that the same class? Winfield Worf. and Worfs? I think so. No, right? no, they were not. Winfield was a second-rounder. No, that was. That was the, the year they won the Super Bowl. They were both uh, – Yeah, in 2020. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of players from that draft class showing up on this list. Oh, absolutely. Uh, including time. the next one, wide receiver T. Higgins from the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, that is just a perfect one, too, with Chase on one side and Higgins on the other. Yeah, and he'll get overlooked probably for a lot of his career because of his great teammate. And and uh, rarely do I throw the terms out of true number one receiver, but I think that he has a chance to be that if he were somewhere else. You know, I, I would take him over a lot of number quote number one receivers around the league. Patrick I lo- Sertan, I love this next guy. Man. Yeah, Patrick Sertan, yeah. quarterback of the Broncos, and he's talking about how awesome it is right now in OTAs to be playing against a quarterback like Russell Wilson with all those receivers that the uh, the Denver Broncos have. And he's just said, you know, it's just it's making his game better because he's seeing a better quarterback, which doesn't say a lot about Drew Locke, right? But um, uh, it, it's hard for corners to jump in because statistically mm-hmm. you're not going to wow people and just to 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 rank on a list like this and, and show out early in your career is hard. So uh, it's even more impressive now. And that's one of the things I like pro football focus for, because they've got some, you know, more in-depth stats and, you know, allowing only 56% completion percentage into his coverage on 530 snaps. So he played a full season's worth of snaps and was already playing like a a really good cornerback one Mm -hmm. in the NFL as a rookie. Yeah. I don't have a ton to add to it. I would bet a, a fair amount of money that he's even higher on this list next year. I just don't see his game translating into down years because he said he grew up around the game as well. Like Winfield, very intelligent, gifted, in a great situation, total stud. This next guy probably shouldn't be on the list yet, by the way. I was going to say, by all accounts, he was pretty bad. Right. I love him, but he shouldn't be here yet. More t- more interceptions than touchdowns as a rookie. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he deserves to be on this list yet. He he did not produce. Although when you go back and watch him, it was better than his stats tell you. And I oh, think yeah. he's got an opportunity to make a massive leap under Doug Peterson here. And there there's more. You know they they did do some work around him as well, but he's not there yet. Yeah, I mean I'll bet my bottom dollar he's on this list next year as he should be. But if the criteria of what have you done up till now, he doesn't belong. I mean, Fields and Wilson and Lance and those guys and Mac Jones had a better year. It's not on this list, you know. Quinn Williams, Jets pick. He was number three overall in 2019. And it's just been an odd career for him in New York. But he, when he's on the field, there's times when he looks almost dominant, right? And, and then yeah. at times he kind of disappears and he's had some injuries and the sack numbers aren't great. So it's, it's hard to know what to think about Quinton Williams, but he's still a really good player and they've had a ton more talent on that defensive line. Maybe that maybe it's time for all that to come together for the Jets D-line. Yeah, and that would be key because, I mean, I think he's really the straw that serves the drink on that line when it's all said and done. I think he could be at the Simmons for the Titans level with a little more consistency. And, you know, I, I think that's very possible, too. I mean, a, a potentially great young player. But this is kind of a pivotal year for him. 
And speaking of young, he was really young coming into the league as well. Good point. Good point. Redshirt sophomore, I believe. So, um, interesting career path so far for Quinnen Williams. He was only a one-year starter at Bama, too. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. It was a sophomore year, and freshmen rarely start there with how much talent they always have Mm -hmm. on those Alabama lines. Devin White, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, former first-round linebacker, still. Uh, not over the age of 25, and he's already put together multiple really high-level production seasons. I'm not sure he'd be on my list. I mean, just if you're evaluating the good and the bad, few players in the league flash like him, though. I mean, his closing ability, his burst, his explosion is unbelievably good, and he has a really bright future, but there's a lot of bad still, too. I mean, he's kind of a wild stallion. It was weird. Those two really highly drafted linebackers with Devin Bush as well for the Steelers Mm -hmm. and, and the Steelers didn't pick up Bush's fifth year option. Right. 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 Uh, I I think that position more than ever with all the Shanahan McVeigh, you know, uh, tactics and um, play action. I think inside linebackers that are expected to be every down guys are going to acclimate the league slower and slower. That's a tough gig. A guy that's going to be on this list for a while, and the production he might be number one next year. The I, I feel that strong about this guy. Right? Yes. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons tied in Kyle Pitts, and it doesn't really get talked about enough how good he was over a thousand yards as a tight end as a rookie. Sixty-eight catches that that just rarely ever happens, right? And he could see even more balls this way, and uh, sky's the limit. You know, depending on how the quarterback position goes and the rest of the team goes, but he's he's wide receiver one for the Falcons now. One hundred percent, and. I could argue he's the freakiest guy on this list. And people, I mean, people are so fantasy oriented. They're like, man, I drafted Pitts and he wasn't quite as good as I thought. That's only because he didn't score any touchdowns. He had one touchdowns or something, touchdown like that. That's going to come. And, and what I'm being told, and this makes perfect sense to me, I think I mentioned this last week, that Atlanta with Drake London there, they look at London as the slot Marquise Colston type and Pitts is the outside receiver, you know I mean? Like, cause he's faster. He's more gifted. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's really Randy Moss with 40 pounds. Right. And so it's like, okay, treat him like a tight end. Best please, of luck. You know? Yeah. And if you treat him like a wide receiver, he's bigger than every corner in the league. We can run the ball and you know, we've got an advantage there. So it's, it's a really nice chess piece for the Falcons going forward. And the final 20, 25- anyone on this list, I would bet that he's up, up higher, you know, more oh. so than anybody. I mean, yeah, there's no uh, way know, he'll stay at 24 injuries aside. Right. Of course. Of course. Right. Yeah, absolutely. For Kyle Pitts and uh, the 25th under 25 here on PFF's, list is cornerback Trevon Diggs from the Dallas Cowboys and it's really all or nothing with him he's going to gamble he's going to get a lot of picks but he gets beat deep as well reminds me of Devin White in a way I mean if you just watch the highlights holy cow this is rare I mean I, few people can do what he's done but his low lights are just as as worrisome you have that many takeaways though I mean I'm not going to fight you to be on this list but he has some things to clean up I mean he's kind of modern day Marcus Peters you know the you know the, he was a, made a career that way too I love the line here on on Diggs. No cornerback in the NFL recorded more interceptions than Diggs, who had 11, and no cornerback in the NFL gave up more receiving yards <laughs> than Diggs, yep. who yielded over a thousand. Yeah, some of the best corners don't get thrown at. You know, like AJ yep. Terrell's not getting thrown at. All right, that is PFF's 25 under 25 for the 2022 season. Fun going through that list, and the league is in really good hands with a lot of talented young players. BP, I know we're up against it. I just want to throw out a handful of names I gathered that I think most of them don't belong on the list, but maybe they will next year. And their honorable mentions were Javon Holland, who I love, 
Trey Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, Michael Onwenu, Jeremy Chin's a great young player. We talked about Penny Sewell earlier. Can't believe Josh Jacobs is still under 25. And David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, um, some other guys that don't have a ton of body of work yet that I'm really high on. I think J.C. Horn will be on this list. Ed Oliver, to me, is one of my favorite young up-and-coming interior players. Love the Nick Bolton in his rookie year with the Chiefs. Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Amon, Sa- uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman. Those guys are still eligible and probably are just miss. And then, of course, there's some young backs, too. I mean, Javante Williams, Najee Harris. And frankly, I think DeAndre Swift should be on there already. I mean, DeAndre Swift's had a pretty good career so far. I think we should swap one of those names out for Trevor Lawrence. And in fact, yeah, yeah. is Mac Jones should be on the list over Trevor Lawrence if we're just talking about right, what they've already right. done in the NFL, right? Mac Jones, he's not 25 yet. He's He wasn't as young as some of the other quarterbacks, but let's see. Yeah, he'll be he'll be 24 in September. So mm-hmm. uh, I would I would even swap out Mac Jones for Trevor Lawrence just because, you know, Trevor Lawrence hasn't done it yet, even though you're, he's projected to be able to potentially do that. And I think he'll get there. It's just I, I don't think he was deserved yet of this list. Right. Absolutely. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you get those questions in for this week's Twitter Tuesday. We've got some good episodes for you coming up all week long. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.